Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners. Welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you for making me a part of whatever you're doing right now. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. Welcome to the show. And if you like this episode, please do subscribe. I can't wait to dive right in. I have a very exciting guest today, Dr. Elisa Medhus. <laughs> After the death of her 20-year-old son, Eric, Dr. Medhus began journaling her grief. Once Eric began to communicate with family, friends, and blog members, her entire paradigm shifted. Elisa Medhus is a physician and mother of five who practiced internal medicine for over 30 years, a strong believer in science. She formerly viewed spiritual matters with skepticism. And I just wanted to read this, what, what um, Elisa wrote. After my son, Eric, took his life, the pain was unbearable. But that pain was compounded by the fact that I was raised by two atheists. I didn't really have a belief system about life after death. Plus, as a physician, my educational background is heavily steeped in science. So for something to be real, I had to perceive it with my five senses, or so I thought. What I've discovered during my journey is that people yearn for answers. Many people have lost loved ones and pray that they are safe and happy and that their relationship with them has not ended. I've also found that many people suffer from severe death anxiety. They're so paralyzed with fear over the prospects of their own death that they can barely live their lives. Lastly, many people are just curious. They want to know the answers to the bigger questions because of that universal need. I decided to collect the material from Eric's answers to those many pressing questions and create a compendium of knowledge about death, the afterlife, the unearthed spirit, and much more. And so the book was born channeling Eric. Dr. Medhus is the author of three award-winning parenting books and has lectured on parenting for schools, parent groups, and corporations. This is her story and this is her passion. Dr. Elizabeth Medhus, Alyssa Medhus, welcome to Passion Harvest. Well, thank you. And oh my goodness, you have such a beautiful voice. It's meant <laughs> for a podcast and radio. You're so eloquent. So oh, well thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve and I will bear all. Uh, uh, sometimes TMI. And my what? husband says, why don't you give them their, your social security number while you're at it? So <laughs> I love that. I, 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 will, I, I have to for think for a moment. TMI is too much information, right? Yeah. I, you know, so, so, um, I will have no problem being vulnerable and open as long as it helps others. So. Um, and I'm learning that myself. So I'd um, really like to ask, and I actually have been getting a lot of questions about this recently, people who have loved ones passed and, they, you know, I've had a lot of interviews with near-death experiences, but I think grief is such a fundamental part when we lose a loved one. How do you cope with grief? Or you don't, you don't have a choice, but how did you cope with the grief of your son? Well, I didn't do all that well at first. I mean, grief is the price you pay for love, you know, and I love my son. Of course, I still do. I love all my children so much and we had this special connection i found out we were twin flames i did not know that so that's why for oh, some reason i just went really deep in my in my grief and um shit i was like paralyzed like this little woman inside broken little woman was screaming and just oh i just and every time the clock went to that point where the time where he pulled the trigger, I just had to go in the car and sit in the parking lot, turn the radio on, real blasting, and it just, it was horrible. But um, I think the thing that helped me the most, uh, and by the way, I was never an atheist, okay? Mm -hmm. It really started, my, this whole thing started with a phone call from my father, um, three days after Eric's death. Now, my father, was not a very good man. He was a sociopath, narcissistic, borderline personality, very mean guy. Um, 
it was so mean that he beat us little kids so that we had to go homeless to, to escape it. So he was awful. And mm. I'm giving you a, a backstory so you'll understand what happened to him. And, um, um, you know, his first words when I was crying, telling him Eric died, he said, sorry, Lisa, but Eric's going to turn to dust. So he was just not good. Anyway, thank God he's gone. Um, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, you know I mean, I, it's, you should, you know, it's, it's sad to hear people that I'm so sad. My dad's gone, but he just left this world in much worse shape than mm. when he came here. But it's a good thing because it made this whole thing real to me because three days after Eric's death, he calls me in a, in an absolute panic saying that he was sitting in his chair reading the wall street journal when, um, you know, he put his journal down and there was Eric standing seemingly in the flesh right in front of him. And then Eric, um, approached him and he was gobsmacked. I can only imagine because he was a militant atheist and he, he, he morphed into his little boy self and crawled up into my father's um, lap. And he whispered in my father's ear in Spanish, because my father's from Spain, things come in three. So I don't know really what that meant mm. exactly. But, um, and so he said, I'm so startled. I don't know what to believe. He's freaked out. Now I know because you, and now you know because of his backstory that he would never say that to me to make me feel better, to give me hope. So then I thought, you know, maybe there is, uh, you know, life after death. I got to find my boy. Um, and so I, I started reading just everything, all sorts of books on quantum physics, parallel universes, you know, near-death experiences, controlled studies, uh, you know, with mediums, just, you know, everything I could, the sur conscious survival studies. And, um, and then I read out of books to, to read, or at least books I could understand. Okay. <laughs> And so um, at the same time, my uh, eldest daughter, who was a second year medical student at the time, decided to create two blogs, one for her because she needed some light and beauty in her life. And she's a beauty fashion expert. So she started her blog, Pretty Shiny Sparkly, which is now Christina Brawley, B-R-A-L-Y.com. You got to look at it and definitely look at I my will. does does my makeup because it's hilarious but she also made a blog for me and called it channeling eric and there's a reason she called it channeling eric but anyway so i started to um and you know i just wanted a place where other people who grieve could also just feel like they were in a safe loving place where they could just share their feelings but also um i wanted to share my experiences with eric now when I did the, the reading about the controlled studies of mediums, I decided to go ahead and connect with a medium. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, you know, and, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, okay? If you had told me the word medium, it would, conjure, it would have conjured up the image of a gypsy hunched over a crystal ball. And, I, you know, it's laughable now because I know there's so much science behind mediumship, mm -hmm. et cetera. So I did connect with a medium. Um, and I know that uh, that's a, an act of desperation for a lot of parents or anybody who's lost someone. And um, I didn't give her any information except for my credit card number and my, my name for that. And, and um, her name is J Jamie Butler. And she, she said, there's somebody here. She didn't know I lost anybody. He says, it's your son. He said he took his life. He said he shot himself with a gun. This is the kind of gun he used. This is the exact description of the um, shirt he was wearing. He was sitting at his desk at the time and on and on and on. And she even, you know, uh, told me about how his, his you know, F-bombs and his sailor tongue, which, you know, she had a hard time channeling. And so I knew, I knew that she was connecting to my son. And so we, we had Because it was so specific. It, it's just oh. impossible that she would have known those details. Yes. And, um, so we had several sessions and at first, you know, they were personal, like why and what could we have done that would have been different, et cetera. But then eventually um, I started asking questions about death. What's it like, you know, what's crossing over like, what's the afterlife like, what is it like to be a spirit? Uh, how does your body change? And you know, how, how, how do your emotions, your senses, everything, what do you do all day? You said, I don't know. 
cloud and play the harp? No, they don't. There's and, the scientist in you wanting to know all that, those questions. But when you were asking those questions, is that, were you asking Eric or were you asking uh, Jamie? Oh, no, I was asking Eric through Jamie. Yes, okay. Because, you know, I wanted this, his perspective. I mm -hmm. also wanted to know why he had to die. And, you know, I found out that it was his spiritual contract that he was supposed to incarnate and suffer a lot in this life. And he did. Oh God. And I think that's the thing that I, I grieve over most is his, his life here on earth. And uh, he was supposed to do that so he could develop the listening skills, the compassion, et cetera, that he needed to become a really good spirit guide. And that's what he is now. And he says the spirit guides are super common over there, like taxi cabs in New York. <laughs> but it's just that and anybody who has, who's lost somebody who is now a spirit guide or whatever can do what I'm doing. It's just the trifecta of the internet, my willingness to uh, create a, um, a platform, and Eric, well, I guess it's four, and a medium. So um, you know, at the same time that I was asking these questions, um, even about God, about time, etc. Eric started making himself known in our house in just incredible ways. Like he would manifest uh, airsoft babies at the ceiling, they dropped to the floor. He called us on the telephone once. That was cool. One time when I was about to lay down in bed, he appeared uh, at the edge of the bed, hopping from the left to the right and back again like a bunny rabbit. And my deceased sister Denise was sitting on the left foot of the bed just grinning at him and I know she was thinking, you're such a stupid fool. And I was just watching, I thought, oh my God, I know I've not fallen asleep. I didn't, I barely put my head on the pillow. But, um, wow. you know, and then I kept watching and then all of a sudden Eric turned to me and he looked alarmed like, oh my God, mom, you can see me. And he flew into my arms, we hugged and I'm telling you, it felt like him, totally solid. And then, you know, it didn't last long enough, unfortunately. But he would make unplugged appliances um, turn on. Like, I'll just give you one more because I know I'm talking too much. No, no, no. I love it. Every time that my husband would come in from the garage after work to the kitchen, the, um, the Viking downdraft uh, vent that sucks up all the smoke from my burned cooking would go up and down once, like three days in a row. And you know, you might say, oh, it's a glitch. But the deal is that we were, the whole kitchen was gutted because we were remodeling. So there was no power to the downdraft vent. It was like him saying, hey, Papa. So that was kind of cool. But still, I couldn't. It took me four and a half years. It took one event for me to completely 100% believe. Yeah, took a while. Slow learner. Well, you're not a slow learner. You just, you know, you, you're curious and you question things. So that's okay. Sorry, I just had to laugh about that. I, this is so irrelevant, but the TMI, too much information. Your husband's hilarious saying, just give him your credit card. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I just want to touch on a few things, but the grief. So for those people that are listening that has lo have lost a loved one and are terribly grieving, is there a time frame for grief? Is um, oh. Oh, no, 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 no. Everyone has the grief in their own way and their own time frame. And you cannot let people say, get over it. Or, hey, mm -hmm. what about your other kids? You have other kids. You can't do that. I have found that the best way to get through grief is to lean into it, to get to the other side, just embrace it, just feel everything. Because you also have to know, and I found this out from research, that they're not gone. I mean, they... they They've lost their body. That was the car they drove around in in this world. But they are absolutely the same as they were, except no mental illness or physical illness, et cetera. They're free. And they're in this parallel dimension that's like four inches above ours. And you don't have to like rest in, let them rest in peace. You can continue to have you know, a, a, a relationship. And you should have a relationship with them. And they want you to. And there are so many ways to do that that I speak about in my blog and my YouTube channel. You can continue to have a relationship with your loved one. And you don't have to always go to a medium. I mean, you can start out that way. But um, otherwise, you don't have to. Yeah, look, I absolutely 100% agree with you. But a lot of people... Um 
aren't open to that that uh it's it's still the same person still the same soul but a much gentler connection and i think some people find it hard to get to that place of quiet quietness and trust and belief and you know i think um as you said, it took you four years to actually trust and believe. A lot of people don't necessarily trust their thoughts. It might be weird or peculiar and they just dismiss it. So um, it is hard for a lot of people to get to that, that space, that level, that dimension, whatever you want to call it. You're, you're so right. And I think that um, part from on my part, I didn't really want to believe totally. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I didn't because what if, I did like a hundred percent hook, line and sinker believe. And then all of a sudden I found out it was a bunch of nonsense. That would be like losing them all over again, going through that whole thing, but only permanently. So I dug in my heels um, for so long, but I think that the, the problem is that, uh, you know, uh, first of all, religion um, makes the whole thing taboo. I mean, in the council of Nicaea, they took out reincarnation and mediumship, you know, because they, didn't want people to know about that. But but I think the main thing is we can't see spirits. I mean, usually we can't see them. So then we think, well, they don't exist. Well, look, mm. you know, they vibrate at a much higher frequency on the electromagnetic spectrum than we do. Like here's the electromagnetic spectrum, okay? Cosmic rays, x-rays, ultraviolet rays, all that. We are in a tiny little sliver called the visible uh, range. And that is, that's where our 3D world is. And the spirits, um, they and other things uh, vibrate outside of that range, higher than that range. So think about radio waves. I mean, we can't see them, but we know they exist. Think about a, you know a hummingbird when it's sitting on a branch, which I've never seen. You can see their wings, but when they are in flight, you know the frequency of their beating is so fast that you you really can't see them. So here's our our lovely spirit loved one, way outside the visible range. And here we are at the very low part of the visible range because we're depressed, we're sad, we're grieving. And, and so that's why we use words. So our vibrational frequency that's low. It's low. And so that's why we say, I feel so low. I feel so depressed. So it, it makes it very difficult for them to, you know, lower their energy, their frequency to meet or closely match ours. So we had to raise our vibration to, you know, meet halfway. Well, you certainly have done your research. <laughs> um, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful way of explaining it. I really agree. And um, it's interesting because I had a, a man who was, his son had committed suicide and he contacted me. He'd watched the show. But one of the things I said to him is, you know, you just mentioned it, it's almost a catch 22 because you're in such grief and despair and he was broken. And I said, talked about the vibrationally level and I said you're never going to meet him at for example for a zoom link because you're on the wrong frequency yeah. so it's very very hard when you're in such grief and despair for them to lower their vibration and you to raise yours yes it's very difficult you know but you can like think about happy thoughts with them watch your favorite stand-up you can you know put on some music and I mean, there are all sorts of ways you can try and also you could just try to talk to them. I mean, what you might hear maybe in your own voice, but it still could be, it's probably them, okay? But we don't trust it without, oh, well, that's just me, it's me talking to myself. But when I receive, um, when Eric talks to me, I, I feel it, I hear it on this side and um, it just seems random. It doesn't seem like a thought, that I would produce on my own. So it just takes practice. And you know, you can just start by asking little questions like, are you here? Or do you know I love you? And just get yes, no um, questions. Uh, I would uh, set out a, you know, a cup of coffee for Eric and me at a table and just have a, a time where we sat and talked. I mean, when he was in spirit. Uh, so little, there's so many things. And then there's something called the hand game that's kind of fun. So. Um, you, you, first of all, have to surround yourself, you know, protect yourself with a, a, a prayer of intent, like, 
surround me with a golden bubble of light and you know the only ones i want here i mean give me the answers that honor my greatest good and only air vibrations of the highest order yeah yeah you have to protect yourself and then you you say um um, let's see let's see you could ask them show me your left i mean your yes and no but you could also say all right my left is going to be the no my yes is going to be the the um um, the right. So whatever you can do. Mm-hmm. So you can ask questions and then you wait and, and feel any kind of change in sensation on one of the hands. It could be a, a, a sensation of blowing, blowing on your palm or something. It could be a tiny subtle change in temperature. It could be a vibration, all sorts of stuff. You don't feel anything after a while. Just say, make it stronger, make it stronger, make it stronger. <laughs> and, and you know, with practice, it, you know, it's a kind of a good, thing to do you can also use the pendulums um that's that's kind of cool show me your yes and it'll almost always be clockwise i don't know why show me your no um it'll be usually counterclockwise and you can ask um yes and no questions that way if you go to my youtube the channel eric youtube um channel and and look up paranormal tools of the trade it tells how to do these things and also to use um dowsing rods you could communicate with with your loved one that way um show me your yes and with eric he crosses them show me your no and it'll go to the side both go to the side and so i can ask him those questions but what's really cool is if you ask give me a hug then those things swing around and hug your neck oh and I mean, also, that's beautiful it's beautiful and then you can say um Okay, we're gonna play hide and hide and go seek. And you take the rods and you're looking for them and stuff and and you know, um the rods will move in the direction that person's in, and then all of a sudden you get close and they widen. That's Eric or whoever. So I remember Jamie had a channeling Eric event in um her place in Georgia, Atlanta. And she had us practice finding Eric. And all of a sudden I realized that everybody's turning around in circles with their chasing rods because Eric was messing with them. It's funny. That's funny. And you know, they're beautiful tools for people to connect and always for anyone that's listening, all your details will be in the show notes, but it's also about, you know, all these um, tools that you've just spoken about. It's about getting quiet and um, consciously making the time to connect with the energy of the loved one. So it's sitting on the side of the time. It's not sending an email or looking at Facebook or, you know, while it's, it's to really consciously yeah. honoring that time and space. Yeah. And that is something that is not one of my gifts. I, that is probably, well, I've got many flaws and perks, but boy, it's always been so hard for me to steal my mind. There's all sorts of monkeys crawling around in there, but it seems like I do connect with Eric best when I'm, you know, sitting in the bathtub. Hmm. So still, I, 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 I guess you can't really do anything else, can you? <laughs> but I, I still chastise myself a lot because sometimes I forget. God, I got, I got to talk to Eric, you know, because I'm doing so much with chilling Eric, doing stuff for other people. So, um, but I'm sure he understands. Hopefully. There's a lot of people out there that are really hurting, aren't they, when they lose lose loved ones? I know, and I wish I could. Hug them all, be a mama for them all, because I do know, I don't, I, nobody knows their exact situation, but, um, but I, my heart bleeds for them. Mm. So but anyway, it took the, the reason I finally got to believe, do you want, do you want to know that story? Or? Sure. I'd love to, because I think, you know, uh, people that are listening yeah. are in the same boat, you know, um, how do I know? How do I believe this? You know, as you mentioned, you can't see it. So it's trusting the non, the unseen world. So I'd love you to please go on. Thank you. So, um, you know, something amazing would happen. Like when Eric called on the, on the phone, um, at first I didn't answer because it was during campaign election or something or other. And, and so I thought, robocall. and then so oh, hurry up, answering machine, pick it up. I'm busy. And so it finally picked up and it said, Hi, Mama. It's me, Eric. It's me. It's like, oh my and God. I the phone. I pick it up, and of course, it's too late. But the curious thing is that, um, you know, it might, that answering machine picked up everything. I mean, everything, but message count zero. 
and the number that was calling was like a 12 digit number. I called it and it was not a working number. So there was something there, but still doubt would creep in over time, you know, because of my reluctance to believe. And, uh, but then somebody from the blog, Oh, and I'll tell you, he's playing so many bloggers. Somebody from the blog, um, so emailed me and said, Elisa, on one of your YouTubes, like a year and a half ago, I heard voices. And she says it was the interview with Jesus. That was kind of fun. And so, that's not, well, I didn't say to her, but that's not possible. It's just Jamie and me. That's it. Hmm. So I listened to the stamp, uh, timestamp she gave me. And yep, there were three voices. One was Jesus's. One was, uh, God, what's the guy's name? Um, he wrote this naked civil servant, a, a gay a dude, a big hat. Oh, well, anyway, I can't remember. Anyway. I'm old. Uh, and then there's Eric. You're not old. Yes, I am, 65. And so anyway, um, there's Eric saying, can we get him to come to breakfast? And that's how he said breakfast, like a little kid. And I heard him <clears throat> clearing his throat. He had his tick of clearing his throat. Plus I heard him pacing over and over again, which he used to do all the time and it was his voice man it was i know my son's voice and then the gay guy said he was asking jesus to go to breakfast okay the guy goes they have breakfast there they can do anything there and so um the gay dude said i'm down with sausages that was fun um get it louisa no no okay eric enlighten me please can Jesus come to breakfast with us? Mm -hmm. And the gay guy said, yes, I'm down with sausages. You're too innocent. All right. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. I'm going to think about that one. <laughs> okay. So I won't go into further detail. That's my okay. I, I'm, I'm thinking about that one now. But don't think about it. No, don't. Please don't. <laughs> my, my, my Christina says, mom, this is a line. This <laughs> You. No, no, no. You can you can talk about anything here on Fashion Harvest. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I always tell her, ah, I'm a doctor. I talk, you know, I talk exactly. Um, so I, of course, had it analyzed by actually two sound professionals. And they did a really, and, and that analysis is actually on the YouTube channel. I think it's Voices of the Dead or Voices from the Dead, where you can actually hear Jesus. It's really amazing. Wow. And those are not human voices. They, for, for many reasons, one of which is they, they did not leave a, a voice print or voice print signature. I, I know nothing about that kind of thing. So, but, um, so that's when, okay, I really believe. And Eric has left, and he, he made this time too, so many EVPs. And for those of you out there don't know, electronic voice phenomena where he will even retro, you know, afterwards, after the, well, let me give you an example. I, I was on a radio show as a guest, and a couple of days after, the, the host, wonderful lady, um, said, Elisa, there is somebody on, that, that said something that was not heard live. And so I said, okay. So I listened, and it's Eric saying, minions, I mean, that loud. Okay, and then Jamie, the channel, starts giggling and saying, he's calling them minions. And then... Um, I mean, uh, he just said recently he's on one, um, he says, hi mom, like that. I mean, it's not the EVPs that are, you know, not like that. He makes them extremely clear. But anyway, so I, I'll try to find my favorite. It's when he says, love you, mom. But uh, so, you. you know, you explained the frequencies before. How, how would a, a spirit do that? Well, I'm sure you've studied it and looked at the scientifics of it and how it's possible. How um, they, has they that can, been explained to you? They can manipulate energy and everything's energy, including yes. these recordings, etc. So they can go after the fact. In fact, he's put, uh, had EVPs that say one thing and people, Oh, he said this, he said this. And then you listen later and he, he changes it to something different. And I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this. Probably not, but, um, Let's try. Uh, but uh, this is where... Erica, love you. You hear love you, mom? Yes, I do. Let's do one more time. Oops. Oh, I had to put it to the big, big I guess. Oops. Uh, okay. 
Erica, love you. I mean, it's I 100%, it's so clear. And it's so wonderful to listen to. When, I, when I'm missing him, I, I like to uh, listen to that. But mm. so, for those sorry. of you who lost people, you can actually put on like a, a, a voice recorder that's um, voice activated. And, you know, it can take a long time. Put it in a nice, quiet place. And a lot of times you can capture the voice. So that's another thing. That if you read through the blog archives and also watch the YouTube, you'll see all sorts of things. So what is, I mean, I guess when people die, the, the ones that they leave behind, they learn incredible lessons. What's one of the biggest lessons Eric Stick has taught you? Well, first of all, that there is no such thing as, you know, we're, we're eternal souls. I mean, we, there's no, there's transition, but there's no end to life. And I think some of the lessons that I feel like I've, were most valuable to me are, of course, the importance of vulnerability. I mean, open your heart, you know, vulnerability is often in this society seen as weakness, but it's not, it's strength and lead with your heart, not your head. He also says that, um, you know, it's important to be emotionally honest with yourself and with others. Let me see. Another one is, um, he says we're emotional beings and we need to feel first, think second. So usually, and I'm guilty. We think a thought and that evokes an emotion and that emotion drives us to some sort of choice or action. Whereas we really should be as emotional beings feeling first and let that feeling get in touch with that feeling and let that feeling produce a thought and let that thought create, um, you know, a choice. Or well, that's, that's a beautiful um, explanation. This is the show about passion because I always say, you know, you have to follow what feels really right for you and really good because it's either uh, generally your soul connecting with your high consciousness or spirit yeah. guides giving you those little nudges on the way. That's right. But so many of us, and, you know, of course, I'm still guilty of that. But Me too most, sometimes. It's so hard to, to trust your, I mean, it seems like, the brain, what goes on in our mind is louder, okay, the instructions, the whatever, than our heart. Our heart is a more subtle energy, our intuition. So, it, it, you know, it takes practice to, um, it really takes practice to tap into it and to, and you know, it can save your life. You know, to tap, it's really important to learn how to tap into your intuition because it can really save your life. Like one time I was, uh, third year resident in, in, in internal medicine in Galveston and I just got off a three days call. So I went to a beach with a book. Nobody was there. And all of a sudden I felt this weird sensation. I was like, Oh my God, I'm in danger. I looked around, nobody. And so then a few moments later, uh, I saw this guy coming down the steps of the seawall and coming toward me kind of far off. Mm -hmm. And I said, Oh my God, I'm, he wants to kill me. And so he does come up to me and, um, you know, he starts talking to me and he starts massaging my thighs and commenting on my cellulite, which I think is horrible even for a serial killer. But anyway, so then he was about to strangle me. And for some reason, I don't know if, this, if the divine was calming me down or whatever, but I felt really calm. It was the strangest thing. And then he asked, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a physician and a black belt karate instructor. I am not. I am not a black belt. So he got nervous and went away. So two years later, I saw him on TV. He's the Killing Fields serial killer that dumped a bunch of bodies in Texas City, and now he's in prison in Galveston. So that's, wow. I, I felt something was wrong, and I was just I was preparing myself to do something proactive. So. And it sounds like obviously you had a little bit of fear, but you had that sort of calmness that had overcome everything. Yeah, I don't you'd know. separated from the ego or the mind or whatever you wanted to call it, and went into the heart space. Yeah, I, I think it was probably not for me. I think I had divine intervention that's helping calm me down. I, mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe my higher self. Who knows? So, but. for those people that haven't looked at the blog, and I'm sure they're going to, what's what does what does Eric say about the afterlife? Uh, well, he says, what happens it, when we die? Sorry, I've got too many questions. My head's just got all these oh, questions now. <laughs> Louisa, we might have to have two parts, but, um, oh gosh, if you, it, 
y'all should read his book. It's so much better than the one I wrote, sorry. But I wrote one called My Son um, and the Afterlife Conversations with the Other Side. He wrote My Life After Death, uh, you know, a, a memoir from heaven where he mm. describes everything in such detail from moments before his death all the way up to the current time, including a, a, a very detailed description of um, the afterlife, like how the bark of the trees are different, how the sky is different. Um, I, I don't remember most of it, but it's so detailed and his meeting with God and stuff. But you basically can create anything you want. And at first he created a home for himself because he was still connected to his humanness. So, you know, he, he made a home and, you know, had a TV and stuff. And, but, um, but eventually he let go of the human things. But here, you know, there's law of attraction. Thought creates reality because, yes. because wave, light, everything's light, everything's energy. Waves uh, through the Schrodinger wave equation collapse to a particle. So wave thoughts, which are scalar energy, you, you know, you send it out there and it collapses into particles, which create reality. Well, that's a much lower process on this side of the veil. Over there, it's instant, man. You think of a pizza and you taste pizza in your mouth. You think that you're, you know, surfing on the surface of the sun. You're there. You think you're, well, I was going to say. In, in, you're not going to talk about the sausage again, are you? <laughs> no, no. I was going to say, you think you're at the planet Uranus, but I was always taught to say Uranus, but okay, that's so. But I decided to back up on that one. Anyway, never mind. Oh my God, I'm corrupting your mind, girl. Uh. No, I, lo I love you. Um, so he, he talks about meeting God. Is it, does he talk about a heaven and a hell that we talk about on this? Uh, yes, no? um, yes, there is no hell. Mm -hmm. No, if your belief system. Um, if you believe when you die, before you die, if you believe there was a hell, then your mind is going to conjure up a hell of sorts, but you don't like sure. feel fire and, and brimstone. But eventually you ask for help and, and you get out of that illusion. And if you're an atheist, like my father uh, was, um, you know, you'll be in darkness and then all of a sudden you realize you're thinking like, oh my God, did I turn the the iron off or how's my dog and then it's like oh my god why am i thinking and then you ask for help and then they help so then they get you out of that but there's only that one dimension of the afterlife and everyone goes there even hitler except all the dinosaurs you know you know everything there's no purgatory there's nothing like that i was about to ask you that so um the concept of judgment so if we've done wrong on this earthly humanness plane is there a concept of judgment there no, 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 no. You only judge yourself. And um, the deal is there is no right or wrong, really. There's only experiences because even the bad, that good, right? Even mm -hmm. the bad, there's so much value. In fact, there's probably more value in the bad than there is in the good. So, um, and even Jesus said this in the Bible, which I've read very little said that you have to teach your children right from wrong so they'll understand there is no difference. So um, we come here to experience and we have that duality so that we can learn that good. Okay, so for example, source, which is God, is, is everything. Many names, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, everything is energy and we are whole and part of God. Everything is light and that energy is actually love, okay? It's very special energy, but it's everything. Even Einstein said that matter was frozen light. Everything is energy. And so um, source, uh, uh, this sentient, self-aware energy, understood love, for example, conceptually, but he, she, it uh, needed to experience it to really fully understand. I mean, you know, uh, here's Eric's... Um, metaphor analogy uh okay so you can have you can understand the concept of a brownie by looking at a picture 
reading the recipe, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. But you really have to go into the uh, kitchen, mix up all the ingredients, get batter all over your hair, stick it in the oven, burn your fingers, take it out, cool it off, ice it, and take a bite. And that's when you truly know what uh, a brownie is. It's like you, you have to take the chemistry lab with the chemistry. So, um, so to, in order to truly understand, for example, all the different facets of love, like forgiveness, okay? then you're going to have to um, incarnate and have a, an agreement with some other spirit or soul to, um, uh, to betray you so that you truly understand on a deeper level what forgiveness is all about. And then there's so many. I really recommend a book by um, Donald, uh, what's it? Neil Donald Wall. Neil, yes, Neil Donald Wall. Um, and you can you can find it on Google. It's called The Little Soul and the Sun. It's a children's story, but it explains all that so succinctly, and even I could understand it. But it was it, that's uh, then you understand why we're here. Eric says we are here to remember how to love, but we're also here to remember that we are love, and love is truly. You hear the churches say it. But love is truly all there is. So you say, well, wait, how can, what about evil? Well, okay, love is light, right? So there's a spectrum. And on the lower spectrum, it's very dark, but there's still light. You know? It's very interesting. It's very interesting. It's such a hard concept to grasp because I do get a lot of questions from people saying, well, you know, if it's so good up there, why do we have to come back? But, um, you did explain it, but it is a hard concept to grasp, but I guess there's lessons that we need to learn too. Yeah. And he explains that whole concept, I think in both his books, but, um, but it's kind of important to know why we're here, you know, otherwise it's, we feel like our lives are meaningless. But, but when you, when you do die and go to heaven, the afterlife, whatever you want to call it, they really do miss it here. It's like, I'm like, oh, God, when this is over, geez, I'm just going to go there to the afterlife. I'm going to get me, uh, I'm going to sit my ass in a lazy boy <laughs> and stay there. I hope it has cup holders. <laughs> I'm just going to, no. But they say that, no, you want to get right back in the saddle, that you really see it. You know, it's like, there's a chessboard, right? And we're the pawns and we're being pushed around everywhere. But when they see it, they, they, they look at it from the perspective of, a, um, of a, a chess player and they see the value of all the, the moves. And, and we can actually do that now. We, if we are just mired in the human experience and so uh, depressed from it all, then you can actually raise, tweak, it's all about perspective, tweak your perspective and try to, try to look at the, um, um, the value. For example, Here's how I here's how to let go. I think of suffering anyway. But um, in in my case, uh, our childhood was so horrible. But um, what I did was I, I figured out what I got out of it that was valuable, and there was there's value in everything. I'm telling you, and and what I got out of it, I became more compassionate, nurturing. I'm probably a, a you know a better mother uh, because of it, and I learned how to be more assertive. So. Once I was able to find the value, I, I could embrace it, be grateful for it, and then surrender it, let it go. No longer a victim of child abuse. And, and um, it's actually easier uh, than, than one thinks. So mm, That's a beautiful way to explain it because people think, well, why would I want to come back to conflict and suffering? But, um, and, and, and you really let it go because if you, if you hold on to those memories, with um, negativity and pain and don't look for the value in it, you might have to come back for another life to experience it yeah. and try and learn the lesson. Yeah. And also there's, I want to talk about, um, you know, Eric, it's very rare for people to have suicide as a, um, in their contract. Usually you say F you or, you know, uh, you know, I don't know any way out. There's, there's also reasons, but usually when somebody takes their lives, they regret it so much because, well, first of all, they feel every heartbreak. They hear every grieving thought. They see the people they've left behind mm. uh, suffering so much. And a lot of them say, well, when I die, nobody's going to care about me. No, they realize that there are so many people that, that the loved did. ones. 
Yeah, but also you see all the the um, the life paths of people that you've disrupted. Like maybe you were supposed to um, be a mother to a child that would grow up to find a cure for cancer. You know things like that. So mm -hmm. you, you really um, realize that you've squ you've squandered a beautiful chance at the human experience. It is really a treasure. As hard as it is, we get through it. We evolve and, and, and we leave the world a better place um, if we just can, you know. There's a blog post called uh, A Break From Being Human that uh, I thought I think it might be helpful for those who are struggling with the human experience. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, but you can go through the archives and hopefully get a lot of tips and lessons and i've learned i mean i'm i'm just one of them People we're all the learning right and i i also think touching on that that um we actually i mean i'm of the belief we live in a hologram so if you could look at more like a movie and we're creating our own movie instead of getting too engrossed in the what isness or the nowness of it um exactly. you can actually shift or raise your vibration and change timelines and again going back to your law of attraction you know, the more grateful you are, the more happy you are, more happiness and gratitude will come into your life. That's true. You have to have that river, the flow of give, receive, give. You can't always, and that was, has always been my problem. I want to help people all the time because that, that's how I heal. And, you know, I heal best when I help others. But you can't just give, give, give. You have to be okay with receiving too so that there's this circular, beautiful flow, you know? Mm. So... I guess the question for you now is, are you afraid of death? No, not at all. I don't want to see the people I leave behind suffer, but now I think most, most of my family, they, they understand, you know, unless I'm going to haunt their ass when I'm up there, I'll make sure they know I'm still around. No <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> By the way, um, if you read Eric's book, almost always he will, pranky but it's not like it's fun pranks it's like he's just really a prankster even when he was alive he was such a jokester it was so fun with him and um uh, now he's not gonna like you, you wake up from a dead sleep and there he is with his face boop no, he's not gonna do that they're, they're fun non-scary um uh pranks and all the blog members they just want to prank from eric and why haven't i gotten one I remember the first one um, was this guy, uh, his name was Damon. He, he uh, is an Irishman in Ireland and um, Eric just appeared before him like, and he recognized him, I guess because he was reading the blog. I don't, I don't remember. But uh, Eric said, hey dude, I bet I could tell you how far away your girlfriend is from you. And like, Damon's like, oh my God, what? I'm seeing a ghost, what's going on? And his girlfriend happened to be in Canada at the time. So Damon says, okay. Uh, so he calculates how many kilometers and told him. And of course, later Damon looked it up, you know, figured it out and it was right on. Mm -hmm. So uh, apparently Eric got in trouble for that. You're not supposed to mess around like that. So that's funny. And you, so you mentioned Eric is a spirit guide. Is he one of your spirit guides or can a spirit guide have multiple human, um, human people oh, to guide? It's something weird that she's, I've never asked if he's my spirit guide. Oh, I know he's a spirit guide to a lot of the blog members. And if you want him to be a spirit guide, um, you know, he, he could be your spirit guide, but we all have spirit guides generally that change, you know, as our needs are like it, say you're writing a book then you can have spirit guides that specialize in that. And then when you're finished, they'll go and some, so, but, um, but I asked Eric, how can you help so many people? But, and he talks about this in his book, how he learned to do this, but they can split themselves into infinite Eric's, for example. Probabilities and possibilities. Whole consciousness. This Eric consciousness, that Eric consciousness, that, et cetera, that can transcend, uh, you know, uh, time and space. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Like people say, oh my God, no. Sorry. People say, um, well, they, they fuss at me uh, because of the Jesus interview. Why would Jesus talk to you? Mm -hmm. He only talks to the Pope and people like that. Well, no, obviously I don't know Jesus, but like any spirit, he can split himself off infinitely and uh, connect. So, there. And, and so there. the way I understand it or the way I imagine that, and 
I've done that before, but it's almost if like you're, you're you and you remember going to the home of someone. So you can imagine yourself walking through the home. So you're in two places at once. Obviously, that's not infinite probabilities, but that's just a way of trying to uh, conceptualize in our humanness how it could possibly be. Oh my gosh, that's an awesome analogy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> just projecting your consciousness. Yes, that's what it is, but multiple ones. You can practice at it like anything. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Hmm. I'll put it on my list. Great. So um, in the essence of time, is there something you'd really like to talk to the audience about? Um, well, I mean, just if you need, um, if you need somebody, just you could always connect with me. I'm a big mama. Bring over your adoption papers. Ask Eric for <laughs> help. Um, do read through the archives of the blog and, and also, you know, the, the YouTube, you can pick and choose, of course, things that will help you the most, but just know that we are right where we're supposed to be. Everything is going to be okay. It is going to be fine. And I've got two more things to say after that. I just want to thank you because it's such a, for anyone that's listening or watching this show, it's such a beautiful resource that you've created for all those people in need. It really, um, really, really helps a lot of people. So I want to say thank you for that. And I just got a question to ask you. Um, did Eric ever say that he might uh, reincarnate into physical, into the physical again? Yeah, no, he says no. He's going to wait till all of us come over there. I don't know, he, you know, you have free will here and you have free will there. So he can always change his mind. So, so if, it, if you pass, you can meet with him again. Is that how he? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Nice. And that's really beautiful. So I, I guess since it's a show about passion, I have to ask you for people who are looking to follow their passion or to find joy in their life. What's your advice? Listen to your heart. Your heart will never steer you wrong. And believe in yourself. Practice the law of man manifestation. I mean, law of attraction, you know, that you can manifest anything. Say your joy is to write a, a children's book. Use all your senses as if it's already happened. You have, the book is successful. It's there. You can smell the pages. You can, you know, see the, 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 award ceremonies etc so if you employ all your senses then and they say there's a second second i mean 17 second manifestation tool that if if you think like that for 17 seconds um a day then that increases your chance of manifestation so mm. everything's beautiful possible tip. beautiful tip dr Alyssa Midhus, thank you so much for being on passion harvest i'd, I'd love chatting with you I'm, oh, well, I'm not going to think about the sausage again, but it's, it's really been um, <laughs> a like-minded, beautiful conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for being the light worker that you are. You're just a beautiful soul. And I hope we connect again. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.